Gopi Janavala Bhagiri Jaya Gopi Janavala Bhagiri Yashodanandana Vrajajana Ranjana Yashodanandana Vrajajana Ranjana Jamuna Tira Vanachari Jaya Radha Madhava Jayam Vishnupad Paramhamsa Parivraja Kacharja Ashtotara Sata Shri Srimad Asi Bhaktivaranta Swami Srila Prabhupada Ki Anantakota Vaishnava Vrindaki All glories to the assembled devotees All glories to the assembled devotees All glories to the assembled devotees All glories, all glories to Shishi Guru and Gauranga All glories to Srila Prabhupada Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Ajnana Timaradandasya Gijana Jana Shalakaya Chakshurun Minitam Jena Tasmai Shri Guruve Namaha I was born in the darkest ignorance and my spiritual master opened my eyes with the torch of knowledge. I offer my respectful obeisances unto him. Shri Chaitanya Manovistam Stapitam Jena Bhutale Swayam Rupa Kadamayam Tadatit Swapadantikam when will Srila Rupa Goswami Prabhupada, who was established within this material world, the mission to fulfill the desire of Lord Chaitanya, give me shelter under his lotus feet? Bancha kalpa tarubhyascha kripasanubhyevasha patitanam pavanebhyo vaishnavebhyo namo namaha. I offer my respectful obeisances unto the Vaishnav devotees of the Lord. They are just like desire trees and can fulfill the desires of everyone. 
and they are full of compassion for the fallen conditioned souls. Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhunityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shri Vasadi Gora Bhaktivrinda. I offer my respectful obeisances unto Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Lord Nityananda, Sri Advaita, Gadadhar Pandit, Sri Vastakur, and all the devotees of Lord Chaitanya. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. I pray that Radha Kalachanji, Srila Prabhupada, and Srila Gurudev Use me as an instrument so that their message can flow through me so I can serve um, the Vaishnavas with the words. Today is Tuesday, July 13th, 2021. I am Jai Sri Radhe Devi Dasi, and we are reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 1, Creation, Chapter 8, Prayers by Quinkunti and Parikshit Saved, Text 31. I was told 31. I guess we're doing 31 again. Gopiyadade twaya kritagasi damatavad yate dasarashru kilas Kalilinjana Sam Brahmaksham Vakrim Ninia Bhaya Bhavanaya Shitisya Samam Vimoya Hayati Bir Apiyad Bibeti Transliteration Gopi The Cowherd Lady Yashoda Adade Took up, Twai, on your Kritagasi, creating disturbances by breaking the butter pot. Dama, rope, Tavat, at that time, Ya, that which, Te, your, Dasa, Situation, Ashru Kalila, overflooded with tears, Anjana, ointment, Sambrama, perturbed, Aksham, eyes, Vakram, face, Niniya, downwards, Bhaya Bhavanaya, by thoughts of fear, Sitasya of the situation, Sa, that, Mum, me, Vimo Hayati, bewilders, Be, Epi, even fear personified, Yat, whom, Ibeti is afraid. Translation and purport by His Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Srila Prabhupada. My dear Krishna, Yashoda took up a rope to bind you when you committed an offense 
and your perturbed eyes overflooded with tears, which washed the mascara from your eyes. And you were afraid, though fear personified is afraid of you. This sight is bewildering to me. Report. Here's another example of the bewilderment created by the pastimes of the Supreme Lord. The Supreme Lord is the supreme in all circumstances, as already explained. Here is a specific example of the Lord's being the supreme and at the same time a plaything in the presence of his pure devotee. The Lord's pure devotee renders service unto the Lord out of unalloyed love only. And while discharging such devotional service, the pure devotee forgets the position of the Supreme Lord. The Supreme Lord also accepts the loving service of his devotees more relishably when the service is rendered spontaneously out of pure affection. Without anything reverential, without anything of reverential admiration. Generally, the Lord is worshipped by the devotees in a reverential attitude. But the Lord is meticulously pleased when the devotee, out of pure affection and love, considers the Lord to be less important than himself. The Lord's pastimes in the original abode of Goloka Vrindavan are exchanged in that spirit. The friends of Krishna consider him one of them. They do not consider him to be of reverential importance. The parents of the Lord, who are all pure devotees, consider him a child only. The Lord accepts the chastisements of the parents more cheerfully than the prayers of the Vedic hymns. Similarly, he accepts the reproaches of his fiancés more palatably than the Vedic hymns. When Lord Krishna was present in this material world to manifest his eternal pastimes of the transcendental realm of Goloka Vrindavan as an attraction for the people in general, he displayed a unique picture of subordination before his foster mother, Yashoda. The Lord, in his naturally childish, playful activities, used to spoil the stocked butter of Mother Yashoda by breaking the pots and distributing the contents to his friends and playmates, including the celebrated monkeys of Vrindavan, who took advantage of the Lord's saw this and out of her Mother Yashoda saw this, and out of her pure love, she wanted to make a show of punishment for a transcendental child. She took a rope and threatened the Lord that she would tie him up, as is generally done in the ordinary household. Seeing the rope in the hands of Mother Yashoda, the Lord bowed down his head and began to weep just like a child, and tears rolled down his cheeks, washing off the black ointment smeared by his, about his beautiful eyes. This picture of the Lord is adored by Kunti Devi because she is conscious of the Lord's supreme position. He is feared often by fear personified, yet he is afraid of his mother, who wanted to punish him just in an ordinary manner. Kunti was conscious of the exalted position of Krishna, whereas Yashoda was not. Therefore, Yashoda's position was more exalted than Kunti's. Mother Yashoda got the Lord as her child, and the Lord made her forget altogether that her child was the Lord himself. If Mother Yashoda had been conscious of the exalted position of the Lord, she would certainly have hesitated to punish the Lord. She was made to forget this situation because the Lord wanted to make a complete gesture of childishness before the affectionate Yashoda. This exchange of love between the mother and the son was performed in a natural way, and Kunti, remembering the scene, was bewildered. And she could not, and she could do nothing but praise the transcendental maternal love. Indirectly, Mother Yashoda is praised for her unique position of love. 
for she could control even the all-powerful Lord as her beloved child. So this is um, a really esoteric, intimate, confidential topic to discuss, right? Like this um, relationship of Krishna with with the residents of Vrindavan and his parents, his mother, Yashoda, especially in this verse, is what's highlighted here. But all of his pastimes in Vrindavan are are kind of inconceivable. They're just hard for us to fathom, right? They're often referred to as myths or like, you know, they're not really considered part of history because they seem so inconceivable. But we know that Krishna can do anything. He's God, right? He, he can be everywhere at once and be in one place at the same time. So, this is, like I said, a very difficult topic to discuss as well because to talk about these things like such high level of love when you're not at that level of realization is very difficult. So I'll do my best. Um, and I was just thinking, well, maybe it became so difficult because I was supposed to do 32 instead of 31. But I don't know. I mean, that's what I was texted. So um, anyway, so in Bhagavad Gita 12.20, Krishna says, those who follow this imperishable path of devotional service and who completely engage themselves with faith, making me the supreme goal, are very, very dear to me. So this is what Krishna is saying, that we, we, he's our supreme goal. Like, that's what we're looking to achieve. And in order to achieve that, we have to first come down to basics. To get to the highest goal, right, if you have a goal of, um, I don't know, let's just say having a successful business, right? So you have to first, you can't just be like, okay, successful business, here I am, a multimillionaire, you know, just snap your fingers. It doesn't work like that. You have to, like, figure out first, do some research, figure out what you want, what product you have. Like, there's so much that's involved with it. And step by step, you can gradually build up to that level. Well, Pretty much anything in life is like that. You have to like gradually build up, and our devotional service is no different. We want to get to this point where we have this, we understand and uncover what our relationship with Krishna is. Um, but in order to get there, we have to be a little awe and reverential in the meantime. And it's a hard balance because at the same time, we know that that's not our goal mood. But we have to have some level of respect until we can come to the point of, you know, just, um, is it that one? Playing with Krishna and, you know, like they're stealing each other's prashadam and food and, you know, like playing games together um, or even dancing together. I mean, it's like we can look at all the pastimes just in the pictures surrounding the temple, in the temple room here. And... To get to that level of just being able to be like, wow, this person is just pure love and feeling nothing but pure love with, for him and forgetting that he's God. Like, we're, we're in the process of remembering Krishna is God so that we can forget that he is God when we get back to the spiritual world. And so in order to get to that point that we can forget, we have to actually remember who we are because once we uncover that and every, you know, atom, every cell in our being 
is devoted and de- dedicated to Krishna's pleasure, then only can we forget that Krishna is God. But then if that's not our relationship, you know, because some people naturally have a relationship of more of a um, servant, you know, or we call it the das relationship. So, you know, in that case, even still, there's still some level of familiar- familiarity, and we want that level of familiarity. But we don't want it to come where it is like here. Everything here is like a perverted reflection. When I say here, I mean the material world. It's like a perverted, perverted reflection of everything in a spiritual world. So there, familiarity is very sweet and loving and like kind of the gold. But here, sometimes we can see that familiarity breeds contempt. Right? We take people for granted when we become too familiar. We know their flaws and their you know, weaknesses, and we get annoyed more easily once we get to know a person better. So that's not the kind of love that's discussed here when we're talking about our relationship with Krishna. It's pure, unadulterated, unconditional love. And they say the closest you come to that here in the material world is the parental um, love, you know, especially the mother's love for her children. And that may be the case, but sometimes it feels very conditional, right? Especially, I mean, there's a lot of things about growing up in the U.S. as a an immigrant, especially South Asian, Indian, even Asian. There's a lot of pressure on the children to um, perform, to get gr- good grades, to get, you know, into a good college and get a gr- good... Um, job and then get married and have kids and sometimes that pressure can feel conditional like you know I oh um, if you do these things then I love you more and that really is just more of because the the love like if I think about my relationship with my mom I definitely felt a lot of that like she would only love me or she only like expressed love if I did something good um, but when you get older and you start to realize that even the punishments or even the criticisms is out of love, um, then you can see things in a different light. That doesn't mean that you have to believe all of the criticisms, right? So um, sometimes we change our, we, we have certain limitations and fears and doubts because of certain criticisms we may have received as children. Um, or certain other things, you know, certain uh, reactions we've gotten. So we create a story around it that if I do this, this will happen, and then I won't be loved. And so then we um, don't take risks. We don't do sometimes certain things that we know that if we did, we could reach higher levels of full potential, right, of who we are and achieve even more. So, and that can even affect our spiritual life. For instance, you know, um, if I think to my personal experience, when I think about like completely surrendering myself to Krishna, right? So then some of the thoughts that come up, but then will I be looked at as one of those crazy Hare Krishnas and fanatical and, you know, can I relate to people and, 
So there's all these questions that start to come up, and these are doubts that we have that have been conditioned from this lifetime and previous lifetimes. So we're constantly working towards understanding what these, you know, limitations that we have that keep us from Krishna are. And that way, if we can ad- we can identify them, we can address them. And, like, sometimes just knowing what is holding you back is enough to let it not hold you back. So, in the Chaitanya Charita Murtha, Madhya Lila 23, 14, and 15, says, in the beginning, there must be faith. Then one becomes interested in associating with pure devotees. Thereafter, one is initiated by spiritual master and executes the regulative principles under his orders. Thus, one is freed from all unwanted habits and becomes firmly fixed in devotional service. Thereafter, one develops taste and attachment. This is the way of sadhana bhakti, the execution of devotional service according to the regulative principles. Gradually, emotions intensify, and finally, there is an awakening of love. This is the gradual development of love of Godhead for the devotee interested in Krishna consciousness. So these are the steps, and these two verses have laid out the steps that we can take in order for us to get to this highest level of love for Krishna, this transcendental love. So we start with faith, right? um, and then we... So we have faith, first of all, that God even exists, right? Like, we can have so many doubts, but at the same time, it's like, how can you have doubts about God's existence? Because we can see so many miracles, so many miraculous things. I think I've talked about this before. This was a while back, but there's this, um, like, meme or video or gif or whatever it is that was going around on Facebook or Internet in which, you know, they start with, like, a city and then they zoom out and you see, like, the state and then they zoom out to Earth and then they zoom out and you see, like, the universe and the Milky Way and, you know, like, you can see the vastness and how, like, we're so involved in our one little, like, life when you see this big life. And then I was reading through the comments, and sometimes that can be dangerous because you can lose hours reading through comments, fall through what we call like a comment hole. Um, But I was reading through the comments, and like half the people were like, this is proof of God's existence. Like, look how vast this universe is. There must be a creator. Someone created this. And the other half was like, no, this is proof that God doesn't exist because Look how big their universe is. God couldn't possibly have made all of this. And this is all science. And so it's like we can take the same thing and people can see that God exists and other people see that God doesn't exist. And I like to think of it like Rosetta just always says, like, I don't have enough faith to not believe in God. Right? Like to to just be like, Oh yeah, this just kind of appeared, you know, like evolved and all of a sudden that we had life. Like, that seems far-fetched to me as well. Like, to me, a creator doesn't seem as far-fetched as, like, something happened and then all of a sudden there was a life form and then that evolved to higher life forms. 
So the next thing is association with devotees. So once we have faith <clears throat> and we are seeking knowledge, then we get the association of devotees. And whether that's, you know, through books or we meet someone and then we come to the temple, um, we get association with devotees. And as we're opening the world back up, we're starting to get more of it. But we've always had, even through the pandemic, there was so much association available online. I'm not talking about recorded videos. I'm talking about, like, interactions, like interactive discussions. Um, like, I met so many people all around the world this past year and a half under lockdown. Amazing to me, you know, devotees and hearing about different countries' experiences of, you know, their spirituality, their path, their faith. So we want to associate with devotees. It's so important. <clears throat> I've heard in a lecture that my guru, Tamal Krishna Goswami, said, you know, the whole reason why Prabhupada even established ISKCON is so that we could associate with each other. So we want to make sure that we associate with each other, take advantage. And that doesn't mean that we have to associate with every single devotee that's there. Because we'll have our certain like niche or, or little clique of friends that we get along with, that we relate with, right? And that's okay, too. Like, even in the spiritual world, there was cliques, right? You have, like, Radharani's clique and Chandravali's clique. So um, we have cliques, you know, that's natural. That's a natural tendency. We're going to get along with some people more than others. So we also want to be very careful about who we associate with um, because some people can actually disturb our minds because of not because they're a bad person or you're a bad person, but because of the interactions can be very frictionous. And so you want to be very careful. But once you know who your circles are, then you want to make sure you're associating. And, and in that association, having good, honest conversations, like really opening yourself up, right? We, we associate um, with confidentiality, right? Like we, I can't remember... I think it's Guyam Akiti Prachiti, right? So we want to associate with that level of trust and faith in our friends as well. So we have that level of um, intimacy, vulnerability, and that helps us grow. I know, like, every time I hang out with a couple of my friends, like, we just have so much fun, and we can talk about all these other things, but Krishna always comes in the center, like he always is the topic of discussion somehow or another. And when we get together and talk about like what we're doing and how that ties into our services and our, our Krishna consciousness, it's like I gain so much clarity from revealing my um, mind and confidence. So it's really important that we have not just association like, hey, how are you? And, you know, but having, like, really meaningful conversations within that association. Um, performance of devotional service is also mentioned as the next step. So, you know, we start to associate with each other. We, we're like, okay, I've got my faith in God. I've got people that are also like-minded, and we're all on the same path. So the next step is we perform devotional service, whether alone or together. And as you're doing this, you start to decrease those unwanted attachments. And that can, that can be very difficult, right? We just talked about, like, figuring out some of the things that you're 
thoughts are like wrong, right? Like you're having these thought patterns that are wrong. And as you're getting deeper into Krishna consciousness, those things come up and you have to face certain things like, okay, yeah, I did that or I think like this and I need to redirect my thoughts and think a different way. Um, and those kind of thoughts are also unwanted attachments. Right? So it's not just decreasing our material desires, but these thoughts that we have like that really come from associating with our bodies. So I'll give an example. I've known and I've said for a long time, like I'm a physician, I've retired a couple of years ago just because medical system in the U.S. is really messed up. I'm not going to get into that right now. But I always realized that my service, my duty, is in the health field, is like healing people. But what I realized is it's really getting people to the mode of goodness. Because all the different steps in the mode of good, goodness leads to good health. So, you know, one of the other things that I look at is I'm also um, board certified, not just in family practice, but in lifestyle medicine. And lifestyle medicine looks at all the different ways that lifestyle affects our health and wellness. So they have six major pillars. The first pillar is um, basically eating vegetarian, whole food plant-based. Right? They won't say vegan or vegetarian, but they're basically saying the less meat you can eat, the more fruits and vegetables and grains and nuts and seeds and you know lentils and beans of that you can eat, the better your health is. Um, so that's, you know, one part of it. Well, we know that that's true for most people, right? Like that holds having that level of um, not eating animal flesh can change your consciousness, right? So that's like a good step to bringing us to the mode of goodness. And then, you know, we want to have activity, movement. Like we, we don't want to just be like sitting in one place. We can't do nothing. The soul can do nothing. So exercise is important, taking care of the physical body so that we can continue doing whatever physical service or even mental service. Like I find that if I don't exercise, sometimes my thoughts are all over the place and it's hard for me to focus and concentrate. So, you know, exercise has varying different um, effects of bringing us to that mode of goodness as well. Um, One of the pillars is no intoxication. No alcohol, no cigarettes, um, reducing that, drugs, things like that, because that has an effect on our health. I mean, we all know smoking affects our health. Um, Sleeping is another one, which Bhagavad Gita also says, you know, sleep the right amount, not too much, not too little. Eat the right amount, not too much, not too little, all in moderation. Four or five is... um, Stress management. And there's so much that falls into the stress management category. So I'm also going to mention the sixth one because the five, the stress management and the, the sixth one, which is love, connection, and meaning, they can go hand in hand, right? So again, love, connection, and meaning, that's like association. You know, that's your connection. That's your community. Um, meaning is our services, our duty, you know, it's all kind of related. And I was like looking at these six pillars, and I'm like, this if people practice these six pillars of lifestyle medicine, it can automatically elevate people to the mode of goodness. And I was like, oh, this is what I'm meant to do. 
So I've been saying this for a long time, and I have some ideas, and, you know, I love speaking in public, um, giving, like, talks, and usually I'm a lot more interactive in my talks. Like, I like to ask questions and have it more of a discussion. Um, but, you know, since the pandemic, it's been hard to do it that way, because even on Zoom, people aren't, like, it's hard to have people unmute and too many people unmute at once. So it's harder to have that kind of um, discussion anymore. I'll get back into it, though. So one of the things that I've been working on is um, social media stuff. And, you know, it's that can be very scary because, like, anybody can see it. And I realized that I wasn't really taking advantage of it because I was like, well, how will I look? Like, what will people say? And, what you know, like, I just felt all this, like, I had all this story behind me getting on social media. And about a month ago, like the beginning of June, I decided, well, whatever. I I um, had done these series of talks in one of my Facebook groups on um, having a life of joy and abundance. And I talk about different things of, like, you know, um, having uh, positive emotions, feeling good. Like, how do we bring that into our lives? Because when we feel good, we make better choices we make better choices, we're going to, you know, make better choices for our health, for even, like, it's hard when you're not feeling good to, like, chant your rounds, to um, read, a, you know, read the Srimad Bhagavatam. It's hard to do. When you're not feeling good, these activities become harder. And I, and I can mean, like, anything from depression, anxiety, to just kind of feeling blah um, without it having a clinical diagnosis to it, just, you know, or angry, jealous, these kind of emotions they can take away from our lives and our health. Um, so I attend these series of talks, and I kind of like started, it's kind of like dipping my toe in the social media pool. So what I did is I started taking like editing like 30-second clips from this talk that I did and getting like one point across in that 30-second clip posting it on, like, TikTok and on Instagram Reels. And, you know, I was getting some, like, people are like, oh, this is kind of cool. We like what you're saying. You know, I don't have that many followers on TikTok. Um, like, 40. I don't know. But, you know, a month ago I had zero, so that's something. And then on Instagram, it's the same thing. And the amazing thing about it is that I realized that even though I was doing these things, I had this fear of being judged and what will people say and um, you know so I wasn't really like doing it with my heart like I wasn't I was putting these videos out and I had this realization that and one of my fears is like you know we we live in cancel culture like you do one thing wrong and that's it like everybody cancels you out and um so that's one of my fears, and then the other fear is, like, when you become famous, like, everybody scrutinizes you, and, like, you, you know, and I was like, well, I don't want to become famous. I just want to have an impact, and I want to serve and maybe get my message out there for whoever it may serve. Like, it could bring someone closer. So I put this TikTok out, I mean, this Instagram reel TikTok out last Thursday after I made this realization that I don't have to be afraid of fear. Now, this is, like, I, on the weekend is when I, do all my editing and making my reels, whatever. So this was already, like, created. It wasn't like, 
I put out a new one with this energy and idea of, like, I don't have to be afraid. It was something I was already going to post on Thursday morning. But I had just had this idea, like, if it goes, like, if people see this, I don't care. It's really good. Like, I want them to see it. I'm not any longer afraid of people seeing this video. And, like, I posted at 10 o'clock in the morning. By noon, it had 5,000 views. By the end of the day, it had, like, 10,000 views. And I was like, the only thing that changed really was like the energy behind my posting that video. And I felt like Krishna was like, okay, see, like you get over these little crazy fears that you have and you realize that I'm going to cover all of those fears and doubts. I'm going to take care of those things for you. Like you just have to have your faith in me and, not, and that has to be stronger than your fears and doubts. And in that moment, it was, right? And so it's like, Krishna's like, yeah, you do this and your service becomes so much easier if you do it with that level of surrender. So that helps decrease unwanted attachments. And one of those unwanted attachments was, um, you know, that fear, like staying in my comfort zone and in my little shell. So that was really interesting for me. Steadiness. And this is a big one, right? We want to be consistent, steady. If you're chanting one round, you want to keep up one round. If you're chanting four rounds, keep up four rounds. It's better than, like, doing 16 one day and none the other and, you know, 32 another day. And So you want that steadiness, consistency. And the steadiness is not just in your actions, but a steady growth as well. So you constantly want to push yourself just a little bit more you know, I wouldn't say each day, maybe each week or each month, right? So if you're already at a place where you're chanting 16 rounds and you're reading, well, then, like, what more can you do? Like, you know, there's there's always more to do. So, like, tweaking just little steps at a time. Next step is taste, ruchi. Um, and so the more we do these things, the more we want to do these things. Exercise can be one of those things where it's like poison in the beginning, but when you continue, it becomes like nectar. Um, So exercise, like when you first get started, your muscles get sore and you get tired more. But when you are doing it consistently, it becomes very, like, pleasurable. Like you're like, okay, I need to get that exercise in because I know I'm going to feel good. And you actually have more energy. In the beginning, you had less energy. You were tired. But once you do it steadily, you have more energy, you have more clarity, more focus. So it's the same thing with our chanting and our devotional, the process of the devotional service. And then we change our attachment from material objects to Krishna. So it's like this this progression. And we want to make sure that we are not artificially skipping through any of these lines of progression, that we're making sure that we're, okay, yeah, good here and that. And the other thing about our devotional journey is that it's also not a straight line. It's going to be like more like, you know, you go up, you go back, you go up, you go back. It's all over the place, right? But on some, like if you look at the overall, so I was initiated 25 years ago, and... If you look at the overall trend about 25 years, it's somewhat upward. Like there might have been some down, you know, like kind of like stocks, right? But there might be some ups and downs. But 
overall, the steady flow is upward. And that's what we're looking for. That's what we want to have. And then we can just come to the, like the preliminary stage of love for Krishna. And that's where we want to be. So sometimes we, we think we can skip all these other things and just have love for Krishna. And, and you know, we want to emulate and imitate the gopis or the cowherd boys. But we're not at that stage, so it's not um, like authentic. And so we can easily fall down, or we can be like, oh, well, that, you know, that um, spiritual path is bogus because it didn't work for me. But we didn't really, like, progress through the steps. We didn't take advantage of all of the resources and the ways to do it. So this is what's most important for us as we progress through you know, from initial stage to that um, pure love for Krishna. We want to make sure we're engaging in this nine stages of devotional service in one way or another. And again, these are also like, you don't have to do all of them, but if you're slowly incorporating them into your life, that's really important. We talked about like one of the pillars of stress management, and it's such a big thing. Like every time I read things about how stress management works. It's all about changing our thought process. And every time I see something about that, I'm like, oh, that's from the Bhagavad Gita in some shape or form. And so, like, basically the whole Bhagavad Gita is, like, reading that is good for your health and emotional health, physical health, you know, mental health, spiritual health, obviously. So we want to make sure that you know, that reading and studying Bhagavad Gita is an important part of what we do um, because that really does help get us to that pure transcendental stage. So I'm going to end here. Does anyone have any questions? It's true. It's inconceivable that, you know, we have we start with this odd reverence for Krishna to only get to um, this familiarity and forgetting that God is Krishna is God. Yeah, we're trying to remember that Krishna is God just so we can forget. Yeah, that's very inconceivable. But that's really the inconceivable potency of Krishna. And so we try to conceive it as best as we can, but we really can't. And that's where faith comes in.